Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cutoff? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Let me ask you this. As a hustler, you always got to be able to pivot, and you pivoted extremely well. What else can you do with $10 that's going to multiply your money in life? Really nothing. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Food, you're going to eat it. Car, you're going to drive. All this shit, gas. None of that shit gonna make me money. So I start spending my money on shit that make me money. <laughs> I was the first to do it. <laughs> so I wanna ask you a question. It's crazy because now we look at going viral online is like a regular thing. People follow everybody around with cameras, everybody documents the process. All of that is normal now. But you was like the first person to pioneer a lot of that. And you was young, I believe like 16 years old. So where did that thought process come from to change the game? They're trying to make it into the rap man. The natural, traditional way of going about getting a record deal was traveling to New York, meeting with labels or passing out your CDs. Hopefully, hopefully an A&R or a label know somebody can get you a meeting or you ship your demo tape in to the, to the address and hopefully you get heard. But I was just like, I got to do this from the internet. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just got to make it. Like, I was just trying to become famous as a rapper. So I got on the internet and I started off on SoundClick. That was my first like platform that I was releasing music on. And I was charging 99 cent for the record. They were taking a 50% cut. I probably was doing like 20,000 downloads a day or some shit like that. Like, sell, like I was doing way more downloads than that, but I was selling 20,000 singles. Cause you could play the song or you could buy the, buy the shit. You know what I'm saying? I was doing like 20,000 a day. I was making like 10 bands a day, like in high school. In high school. <laughs> 10, 10 bands a day in high school. Right, so at, at that point when you're making $10,000 a day, is school even an option at this point? You're like, you know what, this is my career, this is where I'm going with it. Nah, I still want to stay in school. Like, I don't know, I still, I like school. School is like social where you meet all the people that I played football. I rap, that's how I started rapping was in school. You know what I'm saying? Battle rapping, nigga tried to, nigga walked up to me in the cafeteria at lunch and, and started, and, and, Try to rap, like start freestyling like freestyling <laughs> against me. You know what I'm saying? I was like, what? And I rap back, and the whole cafeteria went crazy. Like, oh, I was like, damn, I'm gonna just keep rapping. So that's how I started rapping. I was just big. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's, it went from there. I got big in the city. Then I took it to the internet. I got big on SoundClick, and I converted my SoundClick to my MySpace. Talk about that. Talk about that. So I had, I was probably getting like millions and millions of views on SoundClick. And then when MySpace came out, it came out like a new website. And I was like, damn, I got to get on here. Like, you can upload your music on here. You can upload your profile picture. You know what I'm saying? It was dope. So I stopped uploading music on SoundClick and I went to MySpace. And then when I went to MySpace, like I put on my SoundClick pages, MySpace. So like when you went to my SoundClick, it just went to my MySpace. So like I already had like 700,000 friends. Like as soon as I got on there, I became like the number one artist on their charts, independent artists in the world. And then I dropped Crank Deck, and then YouTube came out. Mm. So like when YouTube came out, I was already famous. I was already famous on MySpace, like number one artist on MySpace. And then 
I got on YouTube, man. When I when I uploaded my first video on YouTube, it, it was just this shit just started going viral. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Before viral was a thing, that shit just started doing millions and millions of views. When people started just calling my family and shit, like calling my auntie and shit from Chicago, like soldier boy down there, like he like like we love him, and they would got on the phone, they were screaming and shit. I put my number on on the um, MySpace and they was blowing my phone up. I had like a fan phone. That's when I knew it was real. Mm-hmm. Motherfuckers a call from Chicago, New York, just screaming and shit, just going crazy. I was like, damn, I'm a, I'm a superstar. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, Off yeah, the yeah. internet though, yeah. I was like, what the fuck? At that time, I mean, most people know now that if you on YouTube, you can make money through ads. But that wasn't always true for you, right? Like, how did you know that you can make money from YouTube? Or at that point, could you make money from YouTube? I was the first rapper to get paid from YouTube. I started that shit on YouTube. I didn't start AdSense. They had AdSense uh-huh. always on Google where you get paid, you put ads on your website. But when I first got on YouTube, there wasn't no payment revenue program. You couldn't get paid. It was just, you upload your video and it was views. This was like 2006 or some shit like that. So. You couldn't get paid from YouTube, but then, so this how it happened, though. So, like, after I started getting so famous, right, like, I started getting millions of views. Like, on every video, we do, like, millions and millions. So, like, YouTube was my thing. So, like, after a while, I think, like, after I got my record deal, people started trolling me. Like, then before I knew what trolling was, though. So, people <laughs> would be in the comments trolling, 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 and then they used to get to me. So, one day, I don't know if I, if I ever told this story. But I'ma say it now. I made a video one day on YouTube and I was like, every nigga that comment on my page, I make three cents per comment. So I was like, every view I, I was like, every view I get, I get five cents per view. I just made up some shit. And I was like, nigga, so y'all keep hating on me because I'm getting rich off y'all niggas. Which I was capping, but I was making millions from like crank that yeah. other shit. You know what I'm saying? So I really was getting money. So they was believing that shit. So in the comments, they were like, the hate started to stop, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, we don't want to be getting this nigga no money. We making him rich, you know what I'm saying? But then like shortly after, you could get paid from YouTube. Like you could really get paid from YouTube. Right? Yeah. So, you know what I'm saying? I got paid from niggas. I got a big ass check. Like right after I said that, I got I started getting paid from YouTube. Yeah. You went from, obviously from MySpace, you went to YouTube, but then you killed it with the ringtones and, and that marketing plan, right? Like Kiss Me Through the Phone was like a complete marketing genius. So where did that thought process come? Who Was it like somebody that mentored you through this? Or these are just ideas that you're coming up as a young kid? That was just like, that just happened naturally. Like I, I wasn't expecting, they started calling me a ringtone rapper. Like I wasn't even expecting to sell ringtones. You feel me? Crank that would just crank that and kiss me through the phone, kiss me through the phone. But so many people liked it as ringtone. They bought it, they said it is their ringtone. So I was like, Damn, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but I love it. I love the ringtones. Like I, I like the sidekick. I missed the sidekick phone. I had a sidekick, and I had the ring. I used to go in the ringtone and buy the ringtones, and when the phone rang, it light up and shit. So that was a dope moment. I miss ringtones. I didn't bring ringtones back. You put a number. You put a number on that on that song, right? Now everybody got a text number. Text this number. Da 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 da. But talk about that. What made you do that? And what was what was the deal with that? <laughs> so. It was a company called Say Now, where you can create a phone number, which was like a fan number, and people would call it. And the most numbers you get was the subscribers. The more subscribers you get, the more money you get. So I got rich off the shit. I probably make a hundred thousand dollars a month from that number because I put it in the kiss me through the phone and everybody called it. So they thought it was a real number, but it really was like 
a company, you know what I'm saying? Like a fan line. But I could pick it up the phone if I wanted to through the computer or I could message people back and little shit like that. But that's what made me put, I was like, how can I fucking make this number so big where everybody call it? You know what I'm saying? So I put it in and kissed me through the phone, six, seven, eight, triple nine, eight, two, one, two. And everybody blew that shit up and them chicks was fat and a motherfucker. I was like, God <laughs> damn. Them niggas went on to sell that company, Say Now. They sold Say Now to Google for multi-millions. After you blew After it up. I blew that shit up. You know what I'm saying? Every artist followed though. They started putting their numbers in this shit too. But yeah. That's what So they was they was actually just collecting data. They was collecting phone numbers. They was co- I was they was collecting phone numbers and it was becoming subscribers. So like say if I came out with a new song. I have all them 500,000 or a million people no, that call the number and mm-hmm. I send it and it'll go straight to their phone. So it was like promotion for my music and it was revenue monthly to pay all my fucking bills and shit. So, so you said 100,000 from there, you was already making 10,000 a day, right? Now the YouTube numbers plus cranked as the number one single in the country. You're still 16, 17. Right. right. <laughs> What are you doing with this money that's coming in at a different pace? Buying a lot of shit. I bought my mom a house. I bought myself a house. My daddy was already low-key rich, so I just bought him a Lamborghini. I bought myself a Lamborghini. I bought myself a Bentley. And I bought a lot of jewelry because I really love jewelry, so I bought just a lot of jewelry. Lamborghini chain, World of Joy chain, Soldier Boy chain. And that was it. And I, and I just sat back and stacked. After that, when I got rich first, I just splurged. I splurged, you know what I'm saying? Especially when I got my first deal. When Interscope came, them niggas gave me over a million dollars. Jimmy Iovine gave me a million dollar deal. And I couldn't believe that shit. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? I literally screamed. I was screaming. I was running around. How screaming. old was you? 17. I was 16, but I, I flew out and got signed that summer. My birthday, July 28th. So I was 16 going on 17. So let me ask you, when you got that million dollar deal, what did it look like? You got an advance for a couple hundred thousand, you got a million up front, they gave you half and half, like. Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. How'd you actually- I got my whole advance up front, a million dollars. A million dollars. It was more than that. Was like one. It was more than a million dollars. But I, I just like to say million dollar deal because that was the thing to say back then. Like, I got a million dollar deal. Like, I mean, like how much you get signed for? I got a million dollar deal. And I was like, okay, you did good. You so did they, good. they wired a million to your bank account. They wired a million to my bank account. Really, before that, I already was damn near a millionaire though. You know what I'm saying? So it was like I didn't sign for the money. I signed for the fame type shit. Like, mm. and the money just came with it. So it was like I was just trying to make it. Like I already was famous, and like. I was doing shows. I was probably getting like 20000 a show, unsigned, still on the road, teenager, and doing my thing. I was I was rich, like street rich, hood rich. Where I come from, I was already rich. But like, I wasn't solidified. I wasn't like on TV. I wasn't like on radio. I was just famous on the internet. I put my email on my MySpace page, and I got an email, and it was like, we want to sign you. Ooh, and I thought it was a joke. I was like, man, I'm not finna get no record deal. Like, this shit is fake as fuck. You know what I'm saying? So, but I sent them my address. I was like, all right, if y'all wanna sign me, pull up to my crib. Then they text me and was like, we outside. <laughs> and then I looked outside and it was like hella limousines pulling up, like three limousines pulling up. And they start getting out and they all had suits on. And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> I was scared as hell. I was still in the hood. 
And I just ran in my daddy room fast as hell. I was beating on the door. I was like, Dad. I said, man, he's like, what the hell? What's going on? I was like, man, come outside, man. It's like these limousines and these niggas coming out with suits. He was like, what's going on? I was like, I've been rapping. They said they're going to sign me to a record deal. He was like, what? And then we went outside and they, he opened up the door and they talked to him like, hey, and they came in. We sat down and then we talked to them niggas and then they flew me to LA. We went out to eat and flew me to LA. I said, I'm with that nigga. I was with Jimmy Iovine. He was five o'clock. He was like, what you want? What you want? You want? You want? I'll give you anything you want. What you want? Name it. And I was like, okay. So let me ask you this. The name of the show, our slogan is assets over liabilities. You've been getting money for a long time. What's the, what's the asset? What's the liabilities in, in your words? How do you how you describe an asset and a liability? An asset is something that's going to give you money, bring you money. A liability is something that's going to lose money. So what's some of the biggest liabilities that you that you had over your life? Liabilities, probably like, I mean, it could be tricky though. You know what I'm saying? Because like people look at like, you look at real estate as an asset, right? Could be. Yeah. You look at real estate as an asset? For most, yeah. For you look at real estate as an asset? Yeah. So when I first got rich and got on, I bought a house in Atlanta, Georgia for like a million dollars, some shit like that, like 1.2 million cash. Bought the house, owned the house. Thought it was lit, right? I'm like, man, I'm lit, like, this an asset, like, I own something that ain't never got to move for the rest of my life. Niggas kicking my door, we have a shootout, you know what I'm saying? Shoot the whole crib up, shoot these niggas, boo, wah, wah, wah. I got to move because these niggas know where I stay at, so I'm going to be shooting it out with these niggas every night because I done hit one of these niggas. They're gonna be they're gonna be coming back for revenge. So I'm like, damn, boom, I gotta move. That's 1.2 million dollars drink. Second. It's 1.2 million dollars drink. Like, you know what I'm saying? So I'm like, fuck. I was just like, fuck. So I have moved to LA and you know, got another spot and just, you know what I'm saying? Just like And the house probably had a lot of bad publicity, so you didn't sell it. How much did you sell it for? I mean, I didn't really give a fuck. Was, you just, you just, wanted, just wanted to let it go. Yeah, I didn't really yeah. give a fuck. I was just like... So in that moment, that asset, became, that, <laughs> asset, that asset became a liability. Thank you. For your it's life. Like, what? On your life. It became a liability on your life. Yeah. Because yeah. it's like, you, you would think that, you know, that was the end of the story. Like, you yeah. bought the crib, you own it, you lit for life. You don't think about the shit that could happen. Mm. Yeah. You don't think about, like, you don't think about no shit like that. It can go left. Yeah, so, so, you know. That was that was a, that ended up being a liability for me. What was that process like? Like, are you buying that home straight cash, and were you like exactly you like, you did it straight cash? Yeah. And so, were you familiar? With, I mean, you're pretty young, so are you familiar with taxes and all yeah. these other things that come with a home yeah. ownership? Yeah. yeah, yeah, okay. But it was just like you know, you got the money and shit like that. You're not looking at it like that. You're just looking at it like, boom, I got this spot, I own this spot, and that's it. Yeah, like you said, it depends because it's like a lot of people lose money on houses, and that can be a liability. And people look at a car like a car is a liability, but then you could put a car on Toro or rent the car out. Now that becomes an asset. Exactly. So it depends on how you look at it. Exactly. Certain things like houses, real estate, it could be a liability and an asset. Yeah, man. I was the first rapper to have a skate park at his crib. We're going to add that to the list of first. And then I was thinking about adding like a ramp coming from my bedroom like, to the pool. <laughs> you go straight down. But I don't know. Let's see what we got. So we got the half pipe here. I was the first to do it. <laughs> Please remember that. Big Draco. Murder guy, y'all ain't never seen. Y'all ain't never seen nobody. <laughs> 
Oh, oh. Round of I was the first rapper Ever. to skateboard with one flip-flop on <laughs> and Dior flip-flops. History. This is the first. I should be getting paid for this. Bro, we got to talk about this. You gave this to me the whole, I thought it was Game Boy. And I'm looking at it, and it's a damn computer. You got Coinbase. You got the McDonald's app. You got Cash App. Google. It's touchscreen. This is crazy. What, what is this? I think out of everything that I got going, this is my most greatest accomplishment. And like, some people are asleep. They don't understand how big this is and the importance of it. Is it really a game or is it more of a computer? It's a video game console. But you can make calls on it. You can, you can use it as a computer, like a smartphone. You can use it as a computer, you can use it as a mobile device, but it's a console. It's a mobile console, handheld console. But Helio processor, 64 gigs of RAM, Spotify, Apple Music, Instagram, TikTok, Grand Theft Auto, Call of Duty, all the games. Yeah. I already got two offers for them to buy my company. They trying to buy this from me. I own this company. This is my company. Mm-hmm. They offer me a hundred million. My first thought was no. Fuck that. Was your- that. First thought. My first thought. I was like, your second thought was yes. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been like my. You know what I'm saying? No, but what it was, my team talked to me like, like, once you get into tech field and you get to where you're dealing with boards and you're dealing with companies and you're dealing with over 100 million, you have different conversations. So they told me basically, like, you don't have a choice. Like, you have to sell this. And I was like, wait, what the fuck you mean? Like, nigga, you can't tell me what to do, but it's like, it's not just you. I own a company, but there's a board. Mm. It's not. It's twenty. It's nineteen other suits. It's a. It's a, it's a decision. So I'm like, okay, cool. But you, they tell me you still gonna own the company. We'll give you 140 million. You still have ownership. I thought I was gonna lose complete ownership of my company, which I didn't want to happen. I was like, oh, I still want a piece of this because I don't want y'all to slap y'all name on on my shit and then like just take my shit. But. I'm selling this shit. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm selling it. So you plan on selling that for a hundred million? No, 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 no. That was my first offer. I got a I got first offer was a hundred million, second offer was like a hundred and forty. You know what I'm saying? But no, nah, I'm I'm making more than that. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm selling it before I'm selling it before Christmas. But um yeah. My first offer was from Google. My second offer was from the CEO of Square. I don't know if y'all heard of that. Jack Dorsey. Jack Dorsey. Yeah. So you might have heard of him before. Yeah, <laughs> might have heard of him. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But but um, I wish I could say what I want to say. It's like three things I want to say. I can't really say. You know what I'm saying? Cause I can't say it. But like, trust me, this shit about to be is big. Like, is this is just the start? But it's it's a beautiful thing, bro. Yeah. It's so beautiful, like because like this was a dream of mine. Like I really dreamed of having my own console. Like I really wanted to do this shit, and I did it, bro. Like I really did it. It took like two, three years, but this shit is trdrpocket.com. Please go support your boy. Support me, man. Because when this shit is viral and it's in all the stores, and it's like the hot thing to have, like the iPhone and shit, don't support me then, because it's not gonna matter. It's a trend. It's it's, it's that becomes like a Game Boy. It becomes like a Nintendo. It becomes you have to have it. You don't have no choice. You lame if you don't have it. Mm-hmm. Right now, it's the beginning stages. So it's like, the people that support me now is what's going to matter the most. When I see everybody with it, it's not going to really matter because once you do certain deals and you in all the stores, niggas just going to buy it because they see it in the store. Mm-hmm. They don't give a fuck if it's a soldier game. You know what I'm saying? It's the new hot commodity. 
but what let's clarify what happened with the other issue with the video game that you had before. No, dope. So my first console, you let me learn. I had trademark issues. Two of the games that were on the console were not trademark. They were not trademarked. So I had copyright issues. So I got ceased and desist from Nintendo. I didn't get sued, but they told me to stop selling my console. So I scratched the whole complete first console and I came back with this. Mm. I follow Asshole's Boy Gang. What do you see? Did you see this in every kid's household? Like, what's your. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. Bada ba ba ba. At participating McDonald's. Damn, boy, are you crazy, bro? <laughs> this shit finna be. This is. <laughs> PS5 was discontinued. Did you notice? I did, I did not. Xbox One, Series, Xbox Series X was discontinued. Did you notice? Can you go to the store and buy a PS5 right now? No, nah, not with the chip shortage. Can Can't you go it. and get an Xbox Series X right now from the store? These are sold out. When they first came out, could you get your hands on them? Did you get one yet? You got I one now, right? One, yeah. You got one now, right? I got one for my son, yeah. yeah. PS5. How did you get it? I know some people. Exactly. How did you get it? It yeah. wasn't just going to the store and no, standing no, 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 like, no, no. thank you, no, no, so it's... Couldn't, couldn't get it. Shit is getting tricky with these consoles. You get what I'm saying? So, yeah. but this is available, and niggas is, is buying it and they fucking with it. So it's like, I just say that. I don't yeah. want to say too much. But. So from a from a technology standpoint, because this is pretty advanced, right? It it's looks very it's a advanced. computer. Are you finding the experts? Are you finding the team, or is this? So how how what's that process like? Are you interviewing people to say, look, this is my vision. This is what I want. Can you make it happen? It was a struggle. I feel like I feel like. The pursuit of happiness, Will Smith, when he was trying to sell that fucking time machine. That's how I fucking felt, like on this journey. It was like, fuck, like, I was like, fuck, like, I really had to sit down and really just like, it was crazy. But no, like, you weed out the people that's bullshit. There's a lot of people in this world. So, you know what I'm saying? You, you meet a lot of people, you talk ideas, and you just learn to navigate through the bullshit. And then you finally come across somebody that's serious. In simpler terms, I was on Twitter tweeting out, who gonna help me create a video game? Who gonna help me create a video game console? Please help anybody. Help, 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 help. And fucking nobody, fucking nobody. Because it's new, it's new, bro. It's hard getting. Who knows how to fucking create a video game console, bro? Nobody. You know what I'm saying? There's only three in the last 30, 40 years Xbox, PlayStation, and Nintendo that were successful on a mainstream level. There are no other consoles. Have you thought about this? So when I was, I was a, as a rapper, I'm like, why hasn't any other rappers came out with a console? They came out with video games. 50 Cent, Def Jam, as we spoke about. Yeah. Why didn't they come out with a console? Four why six. didn't they do it? All these multi-millions. Bro, y'all niggas that made, I done seen the Forbes list, I done seen the stats. Y'all niggas that made enough money to make a console. This was could have been dead way before me. Yeah. So I was like, that's what's fucking me up. I was like, damn, so it, either it's hard, nobody don't give a fuck, or nobody not thought about it yet. Dr. Dre did headphones. Beast by Dre, Apple, Jimmy Iveen, that shit was dope. Yeah. Nobody did the console, so boom, I did the console. You know what I'm saying? I reached out. Nobody, nobody tried to help me. I had to resource the shit myself. I went to China, you know what I'm saying? But I was doing shows. Niggas didn't even know. Like, I was multitasking. Oh, he was out there. I was getting booked for shows in China 
And when I leave the concert, I'm in the fucking trying to figure out how to get this console made. I'm like, hold on, what a tape, what a shit at? What a factory? What a machine? What's going yeah. on? You know what I'm saying? I'm talking, asking around. Y'all trying to tell, translate this shit. Hey, what the fuck? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So look on the back of your iPhone. They took it off now because Big Draco exposed him at the periphery. <laughs> it used to say, made in China on the back of this motherfucker. They smart. iPhones are made in China. Mm. If you look on the back of most products, they say made in China. Yeah. So I'm in China trying to figure this shit out. And I figured it out. You know what I'm saying? The beginning process. Yeah. That shit ain't going to work. I'm a black man, rapper, hip hop artist trying to create a concept. That ain't going to work like that. I had them reach out to me. They found me. They found me. They came to me and was like, yo, we want to pay you for some other shit. It ain't even happened to do with the console. We want to pay you to do something, 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 something. And as I'm doing my due diligence, I'm like, hold on. Y'all want to help me do a video game console? Hell yeah. Mm. TRDRPocket.com, Trader Pocket. So how expensive, expensive has the process been? Because you said no, a lot of dudes in the Forbes couldn't do it. But Big Draco so is they doing could, it. They could, they do, could it, do it, but, but they, they haven't. They didn't, they didn't do it. No, it's, 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 it's very costly. Very costly, but it's worth it, though, in the end. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's like you said, it's, a, it's an asset. Not a lot of ability, not spending them. It could if you lose and don't sell, but I have millions of followers. I have 11 million followers on Facebook. One link post, at least 100 people going to buy it. I made my money back. At least 1,000 people going to buy it. It's $200. Let's do the math. Let's do the math. It costs $200, right? Let's just say... I got 11 million followers. Let's just say 10,000 people buy it. That's $2 million. I'm done talking. Drop. I want to talk about what you started with. You said, I want to ask you, when you got the money, first things you said you bought was a house for your mom. Yeah. A lot of jewelry. Yes. A few cars. Yeah. You've evolved, though. Right. Right, you've come into the space now where you're investing in companies. Yes. So when did this process take place in your life? Mm. I just think as I got older, like with time, and just kept like hearing people talk, like you be around people, and like my homies was just kept putting me up on shit. And you know, after you after people tell you stuff for so so many times, you listen eventually. So uh, I'm gonna tell you like this, right? Boom. When did you find out about Bitcoin? 2012. Only because of music. Yeah, because I didn't, I wasn't invested, but I knew about it because the time. No, 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 no. No, when, when I was. No, no, no. When did you invest in Bitcoin? Oh, 2017. How much was it? I'm a pot. I'm getting your pockets. You ain't got answers. Seven thousand. Seven thousand when you got in. Fuck. When did you, when did you I, I invest in Bitcoin? I got in right before he did. What was 2017? Bitcoin was six thousand dollars. Six thousand dollars. When I heard about Bitcoin, that shit was like two hundred dollars. Two hundred. Yeah. You know why I said I knew about it? It's because, like you, I was doing music online. I was downloading it, statute of limitations. Um, but th they were cracking down on it, right? You couldn't do LimeWire. And what they were doing, they were charging people with like 20 years. And so that was the way, if you had Bitcoin, they, you, they couldn't trace the money. And so that's when I started hearing about it. I was using like Rapid Share. You probably know Rapid Share. Yeah, yeah. And all so, that, yeah, that. so I was like, no, wait. That's a, so it started with LimeWire. 
You know what I'm saying? Shit like Napster, BearShare, like the fucking yep. Ill- illegal downloading websites. So how I really, 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 really like jumped jumped off, like but but this was no face to it, like no platform, like no profile. You know what I'm saying? So LimeWire, for the people that don't know, people do know, is where you can download music illegally for free. You know what I'm saying? So hella people was doing this shit at this around this time. So what I did was I went to look at the top most downloaded songs on LimeWire where niggas was downloading. And I would go look at the top 10 songs on the Billboard charts at that at that time. And it probably was like 50 Cent, um, you know what I'm saying, Michael Jackson, Britney Spears, shit like that. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. I was, I uploaded the song Crank That and I renamed that shit Michael Jackson, Thriller, <laughs> renamed that shit 50 Cent in the club, renamed that shit. Nigga, I woke up like a couple days later, that shit had millions of downloads. People was downloading like Christina Aguilera. Thinking they gonna get 50 cent and they getting yes. And hand the play and that shit was going, you through soldier boy, you know what I'm saying? But like, that's how I really was popping off, but niggas ain't know who I was. You know what I'm saying? So that's like when I when I start making like MySpace pages and YouTubes and SoundClick, niggas start like, oh yeah, I heard a soldier boy. And that's how my shit was just going so fast because people already heard my song. So let's talk about this Bitcoin situation. You invested in Bitcoin and it was $200 or you heard about it? I don't really want to get the saying my business like that <laughs> on here. But yeah, my partner, but long story short, my partner was telling me about Bitcoin when it was like $200. And he just kept telling me about it, kept telling me about it. He was like, man, to get Coinbase. And I'm like, bro, this was this was a long ass time ago. And I'm like, all right, for sure. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, listen, I finally like, listen. And then like, but this the point I'm trying to prove. Fuck when I got in on it. Fuck when y'all got in on it. Fuck when we Imagine if a nigga told you, like, okay, bet, it's y'all two. He telling you when Bitcoin was $100 every day for three months, two months straight. Hey, bro, when he pull up, like, y'all chilling and kicking that work, or when y'all pull up and link it up. Hey, bro, you need to get Bitcoin. We need to get Bitcoin. Get Coinbase. Are you getting, I know you just made 10000 from doing this. Don't put 2000 in Bitcoin. He telling you this every day for like two, three months, right? And you looking at it, you looking at it. You open up Coinbase, you look at the hundred dollars, you see the Bitcoin, you see what he's talking about, because it's your boy. Yeah. Boom, time go past, right? Say, let's just say you didn't do it. Time go past. You never listened. You said, man, watch out, bro. You never invested in it. You never listened to him. You woke up and it was seven thousand dollars. That ain't gonna wake you up. That's definitely gonna wake you up. That's not gonna wake you up. That's a fact. So I had a moment like that. You know what I'm saying? I had a moment like that, and I was like, "Oh, the fuck up!" And that's where it came from. And then, like, my, after that, after I had that moment, my my money, nigga, quadruples, quintuplets, nigga. You know what I'm saying? Quintuplets, nigga. Like after that, like it was just like, "Oh, this shit is easy as fuck." Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles? And a breakfast cutoff. Ba da ba ba ba. For crypto. Yeah. Look at him. (laughs) (laughs) Which one was it? No, but yes, crypto was one of them. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Even crypto. Yes. And it's like, bro, I be getting like, I be getting like fifty thousand a show. Probably like minimum, like like doing some little, like a little show, not a ring, just some shit, nigga. I might do like three shows, a Friday, a Saturday, and a Sunday. I'm always doing shows. Every year I'm doing at least a million minimum of shows, you know what I'm saying? If I don't put a record out or not. So say I do three shows, right? That's 150000 I come back home with, right? Mm-hmm. I just take 10000 and dump it in 
Ethereum, twenty thousand dumping in Bitcoin, fifty thousand just the whole fifty thousand just dumping into something that's gonna multiply the shit instead of just like wasting it. Not even wasting it because it's what else can what else can you do with one hundred fifty thousand dollars or what else can you do with ten dollars that's gonna multiply your money in life? Really nothing. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying food, you are gonna eat it. Car you gonna drive. All this shit, gas. None of that shit gonna make you money. So I started spending my money on shit that make me money. Mm. So what Bitcoin was one of them. You know what I'm saying? That was just one of them. But I'm just talking about all shit in life. Investments, period. Thank you. So then it become like a game. Then it become like, you know what I'm saying? When you learn the chart, it ain't that hard. Mm. Everything, mm. they be when you young, they make it seem like everything in life is so hard. Like, oh, you want to be a scientist? Oh, you want to be a doctor? You want to be a dentist? Oh, you want to learn the stock market? Like, no, that's, that's, that's Wall Street. And that's like, they make it so, but then when you really just take a couple classes on it or just pull up a video, read a book, or just watch a fucking two hour, 30 minute talk about it and just, you know what I'm saying? Get the grasp, just the beginning, the beginnings of shit. Yeah. Everything gets advanced. You can start to, how to ride a bike and then you can go BMX and get the flipping on that motherfucker. Or you can start just playing the game and then you can be the best number one person in the world at that game. You know what I'm saying? So everything going levels. It's a beginning level to rapping, producing. It's a beginning level to the stock market. You can learn just the basis of investing in it or you can get deep, 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 deep into that shit. <laughs> oh. I'm live on revolt. In the case of the folks. Yeah. Take the jet to New York. Yeah. I don't wanna go to court. Yeah. Ballin' on niggas like a sport. Yeah. I pull up a press one button and I'm dropping the top. In the Lambo years. Take out like fast and the furious. Nigga, I'm serious. See, that's how I calm, you know what I'm saying? You hit a beat and the, and the music just calm. Nah, makes sense. <laughs> I be making beats. I be making beats right here. Yeah. Oh, the beats crank that, man. Crank that so five million ringtones and five five times platinum. Like, I, I made that beat, bro. I, I think one of my favorites that's get slept on is We Made It. Nigga, we made it. Oh my god. You, you made you made that beat? Yeah, yeah shout, out to, shout out to Drake classes in school and then when I got signed to Interscope, like when I got my record deal, they taught me how to play. Obviously you started investing in, in different type of asset classes, but one of the things was music. And I think a lot of people don't really understand how valuable you are to music, being the fact that you write the songs, you produce the songs, you engineer the songs. So even when you didn't have a crank that a number one single, you were still producing a lot of music that people probably don't give you credit for. Yeah. So what was that process like, knowing that, you know what, I don't have a crank that, but I can still be sustainable in this space by doing something else? That shit was fun. You know what I'm saying? It was like I got to see all aspects of the music industry. 
Like I got to be the top number one rapper, and then I got to produce for the top number one artist and see what they creative space like and be in the studio session with them and they like, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, damn, like this shit is dope as fuck. You know what I'm saying? So it was it was fun for me. You know what I'm saying? Like it was just dope because these are artists I grew up watching, I grew up listening to. Now I'm in the studio trying to create something for them, you know what I'm saying? And you know, when you hear it come out on their project, you hear their album, and you hear your tag, or you just know that you made that video, you know you, that you wrote this or you did this. It's fire, man. It was fun. I had fun. I want to take it back. Your first album, SoldierBoy.com. A lot of people to this day probably don't fully understand why that title was called SoldierBoy.com. But from my understanding, you was buying a bunch of different websites, and that was actually a website that you purchased. And you put it on the album, and then people was so not only did you make money from the album, but you made money from people going to soldierboy.com. Talk about that. Yeah, no, nah, I just when, when I just it was it was a website that I created and I was trying to drive traffic to it. So like when when we sat down to create the album title, Interscope and all of us, we in this big meeting round table with all these suits. What do you want to call your album? I'm like, Soldier Boy. It's soldierboytellem.com. I was like, soldierboytellem.com, because I already own the website. I already had, you know, steady traffic, but I'm like, you know, if this album go platinum, if it do good, that's a million people that fucking see the thing. They gonna go, they gonna type this in. So I had the number one website like in the world. Like, and like I don't know, Interscope gave me the statistics, the numbers, but I can't remember. But it was like 2007. It was like the number one website. Like that shit worked, bro. Basically what I'm trying to say. It worked. It's a rap genius. This is a, like, this is like a genius period. Period, right? Like marketing business. Yeah, I mean to have all these thoughts and actually see them come to fruition at that age, but we still haven't seen somebody do it at this level. So, kudos to you, and I'm, we'll say it here, genius. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. All right, so let me ask you this, man. You got the Grizzly Pack Soldier Exotics. What's the deal with that, man? This is a so hefty, hefty pack right there. Pound bag. We got three point fives. We got pounds. Uh, yeah, I'm legit. I went from selling weed in the streets to selling weed in dispensaries. I'm legit now. Legit trapper. <laughs> <laughs> how's that, how's Legally. That, how's legal. that process as far as, you know, being an entrepreneur in the marijuana space? I know it's a lot of rules, regulations, difficult. It's tough. So the license going to cost you roughly a million dollars. You know what I'm saying? Just to sell the weed. Like, just it's going to cost you one, uh, 1.2. If we talk taxes and extra shit and... It costs money. You, everybody's that's, just that's true for here in California, right? California, it's gonna cost you money. You gotta have a license. You yeah. can't. You can't. They'll lock your ass up. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it took a lot to make this shit happen. It was always a dream of mine to have my own. You feel me? I'm spending two hundred dollars every day at the dispensary for ounces. Spending two, three hundred with the weed man for ounces. Fuck that shit. I smoke my <laughs> own weed and make money while doing it. Yeah. Millions. <laughs> So this is only uh, distributed in California, or are we looking at other states as well? Right now it's just California, you know what I'm saying? But we're we, we, we going to Las Vegas, working on Colorado, and I think New York eventually. How's it looking in New York? It's, it's opening up. It's opening. It's opening up yeah. slowly, a little slower, but it's opening up. Definitely every state that got their laws passed that's got a dispensary, we coming, we coming. Yeah, look at the jersey. So we just starting. We starting in California. Yeah. I see exotics with with the marijuana, but I also see exotic 
on the Soldier Boy uh, lemonade slash pineapple. It's exotic. Is there, the exotic brand is a partnership that you have. Um, and number two, I'm noticing these are things that obviously you must enjoy. So is that your investment strategy? You mu you have to be something that you enjoy doing or partaking in for you to invest in it. Yeah, I mean, I think that that make the most money. Cause you ain't got to be forced to do it. That's like in an endorsement deal with some shit that you don't like, but you're just doing it for the money. Right. This is shit that I fuck with. My Soldier Boy game, I play that shit every day. Soldier Lemonade, I drink that shit every day. Soldier Weed, I smoke that shit every day. So people, and then the people, they want, they want the shit that I got, or they want the shit that I'm fucking with. So if they see me smoking Soldier's out of it, they want Soldier's out of it. They see me Soldier's Sipping Soldier's Lemonade, they want Soldier's Lemonade. They see me playing the Soldier's game, they want the Soldier's game. So. I'm finna just have my own products. Mm. But I fuck with it. I'm not putting my name on no bullshit. I'm never selling no bullshit. I'm selling you shit that I fuck with. Mm. So the Soldier Exotic, we said the marijuana is only in California. We're trying to brand it in other states. How about the, the lemonade slash pineapple juice? Is in that- In the whole United we, States. Oh, in the whole United throughout States, the country. every state. Every state, go to your local exotic shop, wherever they sell the exotics at. Exotic backwoods, exotic sodas, every, every city got the smoke shop. Every city got the exact, we exotic pop Melrose, pull up on Melrose in the LA. Hey there, ever thought about what makes your heart beat a little faster? Oh, you mean like when you discover a new track that just speaks to you? Yeah, or finding a movie that you can't stop thinking about? Well, get ready to feel that excitement all over again because Amazon Prime is here to take your entertainment and shopping experience to the next level. Absolutely. Prime isn't just about getting your packages quicker. It's about diving into a world of endless possibilities from the latest releases to exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. And don't even get me started on the music. Prime offers concert specials that will transport you right to the front room. It's like being at the hottest gigs without leaving your living room. I use Prime to tap in with some of my favorite artists' live shows from any and every genre of music. Trust me, Prime is a game changer. It's like having a personalized superstore and entertainment hub right at your fingertips. So why wait? Head over to Amazon.com forward slash Prime and start experiencing entertainment like never before. If y'all in California, pull up the mirrors, get your soldier lemonade, soldier pineapple soda, no cap. Let me ask you this. As a hustler, you always got to be able to pivot and you pivoted extremely well. How was it when you was young, you was on top of the world selling millions of records and then every artist has a certain level where, you know, things get a little rocky for them. How was that? How was you able to survive that time? And mentally, how was you able to, you know, deal with that? I was naturally born hustler, so if I ever went back broke, I could handle it. I always, I came from nothing. So anything past what I made is a win. I came from zero. I came from Section 8, food stamps, EBT cards, welfare. So it's like anything past where I came from is a win. So that first million dollars was the, a win. Uh, $10,000 was a win, $20,000 was a win, $100,000 was a win, because I'm coming from minimum wage to $20,000 a show, $10,000 a day from downloads, million dollar advance from a record label, royalties of multi-millions. That's his blessings from God. So anything past zero was a win. So I'm up this far in millions and millions and millions of wins. So no matter how much I spend, 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 spend. I can go back to 100K. I can get back to 10 million. 
when I made my first million, I knew I could make another one. Mm. That's where they fucked up at. That's the key. That's the key. The first million is the key. It's like once you do something, you know you can do it again. And when I made the first million, I was like, damn. So that's what I got to do to make a million dollars. So I did it again. I made another million. Damn, I did it again. I did it again. I did it again. And I did it again. I kept doing it. And I just kept doing it. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Repeat, 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 repeat. Until I got to where I, I wanted to be at. To where I was a little comfortable. But I always had it in my head. I said, yo, if I ever go back broke, I ain't going to give a fuck. Because I came from nothing. I came from being broke. So I can be broke and not give a fuck. Because the money don't make me. I made the money. Mm. When I was broke, I was the shit. When I ain't have no money, I was still famous. When I ain't had no money, I still had all the girls. When I ain't have no money, I still had all my niggas. When I ain't had no money, people still fuck with me for who I was. The money ain't never made me. The money just added on to who I who I who I am as a person once I got money. So I always knew I could make it back. So that was my mentality when I when when shit ever got shaky. I wasn't making five million. That month, how I usually do, or I'd be making just a million that month, or I might be making a hundred thousand, or you know what I'm saying? Whenever I wasn't making what I thought I should be making, or what I was making at a certain time, I never let it fuck with me because I was like, this shit is all a win. You know what I'm saying? Everything is a win. Mm. And then I just kept that mentality, and then shit jumped off to where I made more money than I ever made. Once I stopped caring, yeah. you can't really care too much about the money. Then you'll go broke. Mm-hmm. Once I stopped giving a fuck, that's when I made more money than I ever made. One of the investments that's not here, um, and I was pretty interested in seeing how you got involved with it, was the soap shop. <laughs> right, right before, Yeah, right during. That's so sad, though, man. Yeah, right during it. Corona, we had a global pandemic, and yeah. these things, every cleanliness was yeah. at a premium, right? Everybody's washing their hands, everybody's buying alcohol pads, like everything, right? Right. Lysol wipes were gone. And you invest in the soap shop, small business, probably no one has ever heard of. How'd you get involved with it? And tell, walk us through that process. That came from management. My management reached out to me, Miami Mike, from my management, and was like, "I think you should do the soap thing." And you know, I was like in a space to where I was trying to make as much money as possible when this came across the table. So I was like, "Let's do." It. It was no brain. I was just like, let's do it. Let's do it. You know what I'm saying? I was just like, let's do it. And then out of nowhere, that pandem- the pandemic hit. And when the pandemic hit, that shit just skyrocketed. Mm-hmm. Like, they couldn't keep soap and shit off the shelf. Like, all that shit was just, man, we had bundles and bulks of that shit. So that wasn't me. That was the only thing, like, that was the only, out of all my shit, that was the only thing I didn't do. I didn't do that one. Soap <laughs> shop was just, like, presented to me. And I was like, all right. Let's do it. Let's do it. Like. <laughs> Anything else you want to let the people know before we wrap up? That's it. I'm doing movies. Movies and TV shows. I'm an actor now, baby. <laughs> I'm an actor now. I'm on movie sets. I'm on trailers. Somebody get a sack I already. got scripts. I'm studying scripts. 2022, I'm on movies. TV shows and movies. You know what I'm saying? So that's what y'all can expect from me. And then my record label. I'm going to have one of the biggest record labels in the game. I found some of the best artists. Chief Keefe. Famous dance. You, you, you found Chief Keef? <laughs> <laughs> let's go down the list well, first. We can't just, we can't, we gotta talk about this. I find Chief Keef. How'd you find, on the, the internet? First, I, yeah, I found him on the internet. 
Found him on the internet. I was supposed to sign Chief Keith. But my label, Interscope, went behind my back and signed that nigga behind my back. But I couldn't be mad though, because I was like, we label mates. I love Interscope. I love Jimmy Havine. This nigga Larry flew to Chicago to his crib. I wasn't going to Chicago. I was too busy at the time. Larry Jackson? Like, Larry Jackson. He flew to Chicago to this nigga crib. And he was in Chief Keef. He's in my Chief Keef. He was in Chief Keef crib. I'm like, all right, y'all got it. You, you know told Interscope about Chief Keef? Or they just found out? Man, this? you know I didn't tell goddamn Interscope about no fucking Chief Keef. You know, goddamn, they, I was their artist. You know, they was watching every fucking thing I did. Who is this fucking artist he got a song with on the radio? What was the first song we did? 300 Remix. Yeah, I discovered Chief Keef, but I didn't sign him. So if I would have signed him, I would have had one of the biggest artists in the game. So my talents are proven that I know talent. Yeah. So I'm signing niggas, you know what I'm saying? I'm going to have one of the biggest records. Like SODMG Records, I just signed Flo Malcolm, Billy Trophy Bino, Chet Hanks, which is Tom Hanks' son. CJ So Cool, he's a popular YouTuber. I got a nice little roster. SODMG Records, SOD Money Gang. Y'all want you want your CEOs dancing all in the videos? <laughs> Come sign the SOD. <laughs> ah, it's been a pleasure, my brother. As I told you, you was the first person that we had when we built our platform. This was years ago. And we mentioned you and I showed you documentation. You did. No cap. Y'all was the first. I appreciate that. That meant a lot to me. Shout out to y'all. Let's make let's make history again. It's big Draco assets and liabilities and cryptocurrency. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for the hospitality, my brother. I appreciate it. Appreciate my it. God. Draco. Like alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cutoff. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.